Panamanian. I was kidnapped last night and taken for a ride in a 2016 Dodge Challenger Hellcat. Oh, my God. I think that's the only three words you can use to describe that car. I feel the need, the need for speed. The Car Doctor. We went from 20 miles an hour to 115 between, there's an overpass where it's a half mile over between the overpasses. We went from a 20 mile an hour kick to 115 and back down to 55 miles an hour in between the overpasses. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. You can call up, leave a message. If we're not here, we're live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. We're an East Coast show. And uh, we're here Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time. You can call 855-560-9900. And Chief Cook, Executive Bottle Washer, and all-around good guy, Thomas Ray III, will uh, give you a call back and put you in queue for the next live broadcast. Greetings. And, uh, yes, sir. How are you today? Good, good, good. You're obviously doing well. Um, you know what? We had a good week. We, were, uh, we had some fun. We went out uh, Thursday night. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, I'm surprised you and I didn't get thrown out. Well, I, you know, you know, you, you know what, Tom? It was great to be, we were at a local affiliate, um, you know, a local independent station Christmas party. And it was just, you know, I've got to tell you, that's the one thing, if I can step out of the shoes of, you know, car doctor in here for a second. Um, it, it, it's, it's the one thing I miss about independent broadcasting, right? We've been doing this six going on seven years now, whatever it is. Uh, you know, that, that, that local feel. But what really amazed me was the number of people in the room that listened to the show that came up and talked to us afterwards and, you know, gave us the, you know, I understand you got booed in the audience. Um, uh, who was by, that? By, by, some, by some guy that showed up in a car doctor shirt. I thought that was great. You were talking, and I'm going, boo, and you can't see me because it's dark on the other side of the Yeah, I thought it was the owner of the station. Right, I said, you know, I know how to shut your transmitter off. And you started yelling at him, so I thought I thought that was a good time. Hey, let's get over to the phones. Enough of that. Let's go over and talk to Paul, Minnesota, our Ford Master Tech guy up there in northern Minnesota. Paul, welcome back, sir. What's going on up there today? Well, greetings, Dr. Ron. I have not spoken with you in quite a while. Yes, sir. It's been a while. It's been a while. But... Uh, yeah, interesting, uh, catching all this stuff, and you know, we were watching it up here, all the uh, yeah, prep and non-prep for the escapism up going in California. Anyway, it's interesting up here, because I'm, I'm, I can look at Canada out my front window. Wow. So how cold and is we it? Already, how? Uh, we've uh, already, we already hit minus 6. Wow. But uh, minus 30 to 40, that happens. And batteries. I have many customers. I'm now retired out of the Ford shop. I'm working at a part-time at an auto parts store here. We have many customers. Their batteries are three years old. We test them. Oh, they're good. No, I want new. Right. They're convinced. That, I mean, that's it. Three years old, I'm done. Give me new ones. Yeah, but they're still good. Nope. 
Now, do you, don't do, argue. Do, do you think that's wrong, Paul? I mean, is it is it just that the cold is, you know, when you're living in that cold of an environment on a constant basis, is, is that, I mean, that's more a case of they're likely to get up one January morning and, you know, what tested good today wasn't good yet, was, isn't good tomorrow, and it's a problem, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, well, okay, we're, majority of our customers up here, uh, the, the one town we're in, well, I'm next to, that's your only source for products and goods. We have people come 75 miles to get parts, to get advice, to get repairs. So if you're 75 miles out, you've got to get to the grocery, you've got to get to the hospital here, you, you depend on your vehicle starting. They're not taking the chance. They will spend the money. You know? yeah. Let me ask you a question, Paul. So you're, you were a master tech at a Ford dealer how many years? Uh, since uh, 2001. Okay. Um, how many cars a month does that dealership sell, you think? Uh, very small dealership. If we did 15 a month, oh, that was a big deal. Really? Yeah. Fifth. Very small dealership, you know. So think of the burden, and I've always I've always wondered this and pondered it. So think of the burden on that dealership. They're selling 15 cars a month, all right? Mm-hmm. And, how, and how big was the shop? How many techs were in the shop? Two, three? Four. Four. All right, so it's a 15-car-a-month, four-man shop, and, you know, you've still got to buy all the diagnostic tools that Ford requires you to buy, right? Correct. How do you and make, that, how, that was a heavy burden. I mean, uh, how do you make any money? We had the, the IDS update, that was like $13,000. Right. How do you make any money Just, doing that? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I was trying to convince him. I said, uh, basic diagnostics, I mean, here, get a flat fee. You know, for, okay, they just want, oh, scan it for codes or something. Make a flat fee. Right, yeah. You know, uh, and I'm originally from Chicago, so I know this stuff, you know, and he, he, he had a hard time figuring this out. But anyhow, that's the thing, though. Uh, you know, uh, our bigger business was in the back, in the, in the shop. That's that's where all the money was coming. Yeah, people were you more know? likely to fix something than buy than buy new. Yeah, exactly. And and two, at certain times of the year, two, you know, okay, we got tax time and the holidays and stuff. Another uh, typical thing up here is they don't fix it till it's broke. You know. All right. Yeah, and 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 that person. So that's another mentality you have to deal with. Is, but is, that too, and block, block heaters are super big up here. Even battery heaters. We got these little battery, electric battery blankets do, and do, stuff like that. Because we have people up here. Considering the cold, I'm surprised how many don't have even just a basic garage. It's out. Your car is outside. You know. Yeah. How many? Um, and wind comes out of the northwest. And and, and bang, you you've yeah. got it. Uh, you know, yeah. do, do you do you think um, that people are getting smarter up there? That they're trying to be more prepared, like, or is it is it clearly a dividing line? There's there's those that get it and those that don't, and then the ones that don't are the ones that are stuck. Yeah, pretty much that. And it's interesting the ones that do. It's like three years. I want new batteries. I don't care. They test good. I don't care. They want synthetic oil. They want every advantage. Give me a battery heater. Give me a block. Is a block heater working? Can you test my block heater? Sure. You know, this, that, and the other thing. And they're, you know, even in November, they're like up on it. Right. 
but then you got the other 30% that are like they're waiting for it to break. And then it's like, oh, help me, oh, help me, you know. What do you, what do you think, Paul, as a, as a, as a, as a 20-year-plus master tech at a Ford dealership and so forth, what do you think, if you could, if you could talk to your kids or, or, or talk to your nieces, nephews, et cetera, or just young people today, and, and just give them a two-minute education about taking care of a car, what are the highlights? What are the important things they've got to keep in mind? Maintenance. Maintenance, quality products, quality filters, especially if you got a diesel, uh, quality fuel. Fortunately, we got out of that problem a number of years ago. We had a lot of serious fuel quality issues up here. That's gone, thank God. And uh, but yeah, just educate them there. They're just going, oh, go anywhere. What's cheap? Okay, fine, fill it up. You know, or whatever. You know, right, but yeah. like. Pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah. Buy quality parts. Buy quality everything. Don't buy it just because it's cheap. I bought it. You know. I was I was at a doctor's office yesterday. Real quick story, and it, we we had to close the shop yesterday. We had some things going on, and I was at a doctor's office yesterday. I'm in the waiting room, and they had a TV. Yeah. And I'm. You ever watch what's on television in the middle of the day in America? Um, <laughs> I, I watched an hour of Let's Make a Deal, and The Price Is Right. And all the young kids, all the millennials are sitting there. I'm not picking on the millennials, but it just happened to be that the office was filled with, young, well, I consider youngsters. They're in their 20s and their early 30s. And they're all, you know, it's you can see it's getting pounded into their head. They're all excited, like, you know, they're going to go on Let's Make a Deal and win a car, and they're going to go on The Price is Right and win a trip to Hawaii. It's not about working for a living. It's about what can they get for free by being on a game show. That's all they were talking about. And it, it made me stop to think how I compare that to automobiles and the illusion of it all that we're, you know, some of this is people don't realize the danger of being unprepared until you're unprepared. All right. And, and when it's too late. Right. And when it's too late or when it's almost too late. You know, we just had Pearl Harbor Day, right? Day of infamy, mm -hmm. December the 7th. How much of that did we talk about in the news? Not to get political, but you know what? We didn't talk about that. I didn't hear anybody really discussing it. It was the 77th anniversary of Pearl Harbor, and it really didn't come up. And, you know, that's like a classic example of not being prepared. And we could have the argument about the who and the why, and that's not what I'm trying to say. It, it, it all comes back to cars, too. Because if you're not prepared for your car, if you're not prepared for the other guy to punch you in the nose, if you're not ready for it when it happens, it's an issue. And I'm not saying to live chicken little under your bed somewhere quivering, but you've got to be ready for the problem before it becomes a problem. We had a we had an outage here in Jersey a couple of years back. We had a snowstorm and, and, and electrical went down and everything went down. And I, I've told this story, but, you know, I showed up at the hardware store to buy firewood with cash. People couldn't get cash out of the ATM. People couldn't get gas. People couldn't get... And they're trying to use their credit cards to buy firewood, and they don't understand why the credit card terminal is down because there's no electricity, which is why they're there in the first place to buy firewood for heat because the heaters won't work. Uh, you know, it's, it's listen, we could go on and on and on. Paul, it's always a pleasure oh, yeah. to talk to you, sir. It really is. Um, I, I hope you enjoy retirement, and uh, I hope you stay in touch with us and uh, keep, uh, keep listening and keep calling in. Deal? Uh, for uh, for sure, deal. Uh, the, uh, the, you had an issue a couple of weeks ago. We won't go into now because I know you're pressed on a four liter Fords, and I got them down. But I, I had the answer for that guy's uh, issue. But anyway, next time around, uh, yeah, we will keep in touch, sir. Next time around, brother, you take good care and, and uh, enjoy the winter. Don't be cold. All right, take good care. I'm Ron Annie, and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this.
Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, let's get on over and talk to Robert in Maine. Robert, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? How you doing, man? Good, man. What's cooking? Um, I've got a Chevy Impala. Okay. Uh, 07. All right. There's two things happening with this car, and I don't know if one of them can affects the other or not. It don't seem so to me, but when you fill this thing up with gas and you go to start it, you know how when you turn the ignition on, it stays engaged until the car starts automatically, even if you let go of the key? Okay. Um, when you fill this thing up with gas and you go to start it, the starter stays engaged, like, uh, and it whirls over, whirls over, whirls over, whirls over before it'll start. It only does that. When you fill it up with gas, after you run it for a while, it don't do it. Maybe the next time if the gas hasn't gone down a little, it'll do it again, but usually not. Only when you first fill it up. Now, the other thing, what I called you about, and I don't know if one affects the other. That's why I was telling you about that. Okay. But what what the issue is, the transmission, the tack, when you go, when you go to take off with it, start it up and you take off, it was working just fine. Be driving down the road, and, like, when you get on the highway to start to give it some gas, the, the tack will bobble up and down, and it'll drop down to zero. And the car kind of spits and sputters a little bit, you know, like if you're stepping on the gas, and it's like you're sticking your foot in the carburetor or whatever. Yep, yeah, like a flat spot in a carburetor. Yeah, and you you go to give it the gas, and it'll jerk and shimmy, and it'll come out of it, and then it'll take off. And it runs, but it, 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 it don't have, like, the power that it's supposed to have when you step on the gas, you know right. what I mean? right. Right. Until you until you stop again, you know. But if I stop at the store and I come out and I get in the car and start it up, the tack goes up where it's belong and the thing will drive normal for the rest of the day. Okay. It seems like it only happens when you first take off with it. And I also believe, I can't be sure, but I believe that it's a Chevrolet issue because the garage that I took it to, the guy says he's got a, a Cobalt that's doing the exact same thing and he can't figure that out. Okay. So, you know, diagnosing is black magic sometimes. All right? It's 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 understanding sometimes what's good so that you can narrow down what's bad. And I'm and I'm going to ask this and I'm I'm guessing the answer is going to be no, but there's no check engine light on, correct? Yeah, there is. There is. Okay. Yep. And we've got what fault code? Um, he said that it was it read up the he changed a couple of sensors in there. I can't remember exactly what they were. Crank position? But I, no, he didn't change that one. And I asked him about that, and P, he said he didn't think that was P zero P zero three thirty six. I'm not sure. Um, or a, I, I do remember him saying that that came up. Okay. All right. Um, well, if that came up, crank sensors are real common on these. All right. Um, and sometimes it's not the sensor. What happens is the mounting surface on the engine block gets corroded, and it, it'll actually rust under the sensor and lift the sensor away from its trigger wheel. So okay. it produces a poor signal. So, you know, sometimes it's a matter of pulling the sensor out. You know, the guys will, will, will change the sensor and not look at the mounting support or the mounting pad that it sits on, and they'll put a new sensor in, and that doesn't fix it. Okay, that's not it. Let's go on to the next thing. But they don't understand why the code sets. P0336 has to do with crank sensor performance. 
Um, what do you do? For, what do you do for a living, Robert? I'm a caregiver. Okay. Um, you have electrical test equipment in that caregiving operation. I do. Yeah. Okay. So everything's got to have an accurate signal, and and it's 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 got to feed so much oxygen per minute and that kind of thing, right? It's 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 just got to be dead nuts on. There's no other way to say it, right? It's it's got to be accurate stuff. Same thing with the car. So you know, let's attack and fix what we know is bad. All right. Let's solve the check engine light first, because what you just described to me about the tack, the misfire, losing power on the road, and so forth. That's that's got crank sensor performance written all over it. All right. Okay. So the question I've got to you've got to go back and ask your mechanic is does he have a lab scope? You know what a lab scope is? I don't. Okay. Uh, you know what a voltmeter is? I do. All right. A voltmeter. You hook up a voltmeter. You know what a digital voltmeter is? I've got a pretty good idea. All right. So you know you hook up a digital voltmeter. It displays the voltage reading. In a, in, a, in a digital number, it's a number. It'll say twelve point five, fourteen point two. It's a display, right? Okay. A lab scope takes that voltage and spreads it out over time and puts it on a television screen, so you can watch the voltage rise. You can watch the voltage fall. You can watch the actual voltage signal. All right. So what a lab scope will show is it will show. The size of the voltage rise, it'll show the size of the voltage shrink, or what we call amplitude, size of the signal. All right, big college word. You get you get a nickel every time you say that. All right, but 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 the idea becomes that you can actually watch the performance of the sensor and whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Okay, um, uh, so just be mindful of that. If he's got a lab scope, let's go and let's hook up to that sensor and let's go for a ride. Let's let's record okay. what's there. Let's go and compare that. My gosh, there's so many resources out there for, for waveforms and scope signals. Uh, depending upon what tool he's got, if it's a snap-on, it's built right into the tool. Let's compare that. But let's also look at the mounting surface of the sensor, and let's see what that does for us. After that, call me back and we can talk, because i got a long list of what could be wrong with that car. But let's go for the obvious first. Let's fix the P0336 before we look further down the road. I'm Ron and in the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. The Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900 the Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. I wrote myself a note here midweek. You know, I come into the studio midweek and I write myself notes. I wonder what I was thinking about here. The illusion of auto repair. Here's what I wrote. This was probably Wednesday. It's dated Wednesday. Illusion of auto repair. Talk about what makes us comfortable to spend money on a car. Hmm. I got to think about that for a minute. Let's. Uh, yes, Mr. Ray. I don't know, but if you're writing notes uh, like that, you... Just need to know that stuff's not really legal in New Jersey yet. Uh, what writing notes? No, whatever gets you to write the note. Oh, what? Well, but you know what is what? What is? The, and I think what I was thinking about is, you know, human beings are funny, right? It's it's we're not perfect. We're you know not even me. All right, believe it or not, I think I just heard the Earth spin off its Speak axis. Speak for yourself. Um, well, okay, you want to admit that I'm perfect? Go ahead, Tom. So, uh, you know. But there is an illusion of auto repair. There's a mindset that that people will 
They won't spend $50 to fix, well, 50 is probably not a right number. They won't put $500 into a car that's a good running vehicle that's, you know, worth three grand, but they'll go out and spend 40 on a replacement. And, and that's the illusion of it, and it makes no sense to me. You know, there's no free lunch, all right? And we'll sit there and look at it and say, oh, my gosh, this was a bad year. I had to put I had to put a transmission in the car. I had to put brakes on the car. I had to put tires on the car. It's eight years old. It's an old car. I should replace it. But if they look previously, they haven't done anything to the car, but oil changes twice a year and a couple of tire rotations. And all of a sudden, you know, so it's like, you know, you're married. You're married 12 years. All of a sudden, your partner has a problem. Maybe it's... You know, maybe it's maybe it's something bad. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's narcotics. Maybe it's they've got a vice. Maybe they maybe they like to work out in the garage on their hot rod at night or something, right? Does that mean we're going to replace them, um, or are we going to figure it out? You know, and solve the problem. And the same things about the car. Uh, you mean nowadays, well, because we always we tend to take the easy way out, and I think that's what I was talking about. But what I notice is, I think a lot of what makes people spend money on a car is how comfortable they are with the mechanic. They, they want that. I think some people some people want to be a number like you're at the deli at Bohack, all right? You're on the meat counter just processing things. And some people want that, hi, Mrs. Smith, hi, Mr. Smith, you know, are we going to do the heater core on your Lincoln today because we've been talking about it for three weeks? They, they want that one-on-one -on -one connection. I do. That's what makes me comfortable. Um, and I think that's what I was trying to say in my note, because it was just, I'm going to put that up there for a little while and see if we come back to that, because maybe that's something I got to, but that's what I'm starting to do. I'm starting to write notes. Well, I have all these great ideas during the week, and then I forget them by the time Saturday rolls around. Well, you know, if you're right enough and put them on the window here, I, I don't have to look at you. Well, that's true. You, know, you could turn around and not look at me either. But besides, the back of your head has more hair. Let's uh, get over and talk to Tom on line two, North Carolina, 03 Mitsubishi. And uh, what's going on here, Tom? How can I help you? Hey, yes, sir. Yes, I sir. enjoy your show. Thank you. Hey, you're a good man. One of three. I've got an 03, and the heater core started leaking on me. I was smelling antifreeze, okay. and uh, I was just wondering. Uh, I had a couple prices quoted on it, and then around $1,000. Yeah. I don't know whether I want to spend that kind of money on a... Perfect example. Uh, here we go. Okay. How many miles on the car, Tom? Uh, 90,000 miles, right. and we bought it new. It's been a, a wonderful car. We've really enjoyed it right. until this happened. Right, and, and you know, here's here's the question, okay? Would you, if, if you put a heater core in it for 1000 bucks, and, you know, six months from now the transmission failed, would you put a trans in it? Well, there you go. You right. know, I, 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 I feel the same way. If I have to spend 1000 on a heater core, then... Down the road, something else goes bad. You okay. know, uh, so I don't know what. So then let's let's turn it around and look at it from the other perspective. Okay, um, what are you going to replace it with? Well, I was I was thinking about buying a new uh, a Hyundai Sonata. I've been looking at them; they've been giving me a good price on one. I don't right. know what what you think of that, but uh, so is it is it not to fix the Mitsubishi just because it's old? Or it's because Tom wants a new car, or a combination of well, both? a little both. A okay. li I think a li I think a little both. You know, we like our son lives. We actually live in Virginia. We're down here visiting my son. Actually, we're keeping kids, the two boys, for him while they're gone. Right. And uh, but we live in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. If you're familiar with that area, sure. Yeah, WVAS. Uh, Shenandoah yeah. Valley, yep. Yeah, well, I, I catch you on WSDA uh, every Sunday morning, 9 until 12. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
The argument, I really enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. You know, the argument, Tom, could be made that, you know, the older car, and I didn't include that in my, my comments before, but the older car presents a challenge if you're traveling. The older car presents issues with parts availability, and all that's part of the conversation, too. So here's that classic example. Is this car worth fixing? Well, you know, the, the problem here is it's 15 years old. Exactly. All right? And it's it's Mitsubishi. It's not a Ford. It's not a GM. It's not it's it's not a Toyota or a Honda where I think, you know, parts availability is is has got better accessibility. I won't say it's great, but it's better. What would I do? Um to put a heater core in this the interior has to just about come out. The dashboard comes out. The the AC refrigerant's got to be, you know, the AC system's got to be disconnected. It, this is this is open heart surgery, all right? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm uh, yeah. having right now. That it's uh, so. Let me ask. Let me ask this question: Who's your regular mechanic? Do you have a regular mechanic for this car? Well, not really. No, I usually take it to the Missy dealer, and you know they change the oil for me. Uh, it, they do most of the service work for me. Okay, um, are they the ones that quoted you a thousand bucks? They quoted me even more than that. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, if yeah. I was to guess, they probably quoted you between twelve and fifteen hundred dollars. Close to it, twelve yeah. to twelve to fourteen hundred. Yeah. Said. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what I would do if if I really like the car. All right. If I really like the car and I want to and I want to keep the car, um, I'd probably consider replacing it. They've got a good track record. They run a long time. All right. Uh, at at this point, is fifteen hundred dollars the most you've spent on the car in a while? Short of brakes and tires and service. That's about. Well, I had a heater, uh, heat, uh, water pump, the all the belts and hoses replaced here yeah. about a year ago. Normal maintenance. So, so here's the question for Tom: Does Tom want to spend thirty thousand dollars on a Hyundai Sonata? As a guess, I'm thinking that's what they got to be, right? Thirty, thirty-five. Right, give or take. Uh, well, they're a little less than that. Uh, yeah. Twenty, twenty uh, straight out. Twenty eight hundred. I mean, twenty eight thousand. Okay, so twenty eight. Right. It's thirty by the time they put tax on it. So there's thirty. Yeah, you're right? exactly right. You're you know, exactly right. They're gonna right. put tax on. It. There's thirty grand. Do we want to spend thirty thousand out of the retirement fund, or do we want to spend fifteen hundred out of the retirement fund? Well, you know. Um, the question I would ask the Mitsu dealer, since you've got a relationship with them and you can you, you can trust them at this point, um, they're your guys because you got to trust your guy, right? That's part of what auto repair is. That's the illusion of auto repair. We're all comfortable spending money with people we know. They know you, right? You, you bought the exactly. car there. You've been servicing the car there. The question to them is, hey guys, you know what's the next calamitous thing I could expect? And you know, if they tell you, "Hey, Tom, it's it's going to be a transmission and it's seven thousand dollars," then you got your answer. If they tell exactly you that, if, well, that's exactly where I'm coming from. You know, if I spend a thousand on this down the road, you know, right? You never know about this, right? Well, and by the same token, it's still it's twenty eight thousand, thirty thousand dollars for the new one. Um, I think it's a mechanic. I think the mechanic has to get involved in this because only he knows the actual condition better than anybody. Of course, then there's the psychological side of this, and then there's the life issue side of this. Life's too short. Tom wants a new car. It makes him feel good. 
Uh, you know, it's it 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 just there's there's something about that new car smell that makes us all very happy. I think when I, I, you're I, exactly right. You're I, right. I, I think when God pushes us through and out into this world, He puts these endorphins in there that let them be excited by the by by these particular smells. There's nothing like, oh my God, it smells so good. As a matter of fact, you go to the car wash. If you notice, you got your choice of vanilla. Irish, mint, and new car smell in a bottle. I haven't figured out how they do that. Um, I think they're vacuuming up the smell from the new cars on the assembly line. But the point becomes that, you know, it's... Listen, I'm not going to be Jiminy Cricket. From a me- it, it, It's got to be a mechanical point of view. It's got to be a non-emotional. Is this what I really want to continue to drive? All right? And that's well, that's that's really it. Exactly, exactly. I know where you're coming from. I had a fellow one to buy it as is, and I've been thinking about just going ahead and letting him have it. Yeah, let me know. let me ask you the important question. What does Tom's wife want him to do? Well, she'd like a new car. You're we, done. We, got, we have relatives <laughs> in Florida. We have relatives in St. Louis and Kansas City. And, you know, we're in our mid-70s now. We want to do traveling. Tom, we're we done. Some, <laughs> we're we done. We some- <laughs> Exactly. How many years you married, Tom? Uh, Forty years. Okay. You haven't learned happy wife, happy life. Buy her a new car. Get it over with. We're done. Uh, that's where I'm. Uh, I think I'm going to that. I'm. A, oh. I think I'm gonna go ahead and sell it right. the way it is and go buy me a new one. And and let her pick the color, buddy. Don't don't make that mistake. All right. Hey, well, she loves white. Uh, we've had. Four la- the last four cars have been white, so I'll let her pick a white car. Out. We're, we're done. Enjoy your new car, Tom. And uh, hey, we hey Ron, we appreciate this show. You we enjoy. It. I, I listen to you every Sunday from nine until twelve on WSCA Harrisburg, Virginia. Well, we're very happy to be there, sir. You take good care and have a good holiday season. I'm Ron Anney and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. It's the little old lady from Pasadena. He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, let's get over and talk to Rod in Iowa, 96 Toyota Camry. Rod, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How, how can I help? I have a slight oil leak. Well... Define slight. Is it is it hitting the back bumper yet, or is it just like a drip on the ground? <laughs> drip on the ground. Okay. I don't even add one quart between oil changes. So okay. It's not real bad. All right. Um, any idea where it's coming from, or is that your question for me? Which is kind of hard from my seat here. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I, have, I have no idea. Four cylinder, six cylinder. Rod, is it a is it a four no, cylinder I, or six? I, I don't know. Which engine it is? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that makes it even tougher. But I'll take a stab yeah. at it, all right? If it's a six-cylinder, if it's if it's, if it's it's a V6 Camry, a very common oil leak is from the valve covers, especially the back one. By now, at 180,000 miles, the valve covers are baked. The, the rubber valve cover gaskets are just baked, and they're going to be rock hard. Bit of a job to do. The upper intake plenum has to come off. There's there's uh, three bolts in the back of the intake manifold that you can't see. There's two 14s and a 12 holding a bracket that, that really you got to shove your hand down behind the firewall. When your hand starts to bleed, that's about the moment you can get the wrench on the nut and spin it off. A uh, little bit of a tough job. A good half a day's work, uh, working hard, and uh, just be prepared that a bunch of plastic things that are in the way are going to break and be brittle and fall apart. 
uh, you know, after that, oil leaks on the V6 Camrys. Eh, once in a while, you see a front crank seal uh, behind the harmonic balancer and the sprocket, but not common. Four-cylinder Camrys? Four-cylinder Camrys, valve covers also, but more likely, if it's down low towards the front of the motor, the, the second most common oil leak on the four-cylinder Camrys of that generation were around the oil pump area just behind the crank sprocket. So it's going to be the front oil crank seal and the um, oil pump gasket area all around sealing the timing cover or the, the front oil pan gasket area to the oil pump to the timing cover area all down there. The, the whole front bottom quarter, if I can say it like that, of the engine tends to uh, become one massive oil leak. Uh, obviously, front uh, cam seals are an issue. Uh, we want to be aware of that, but probably the most practical way to approach this is, A, and this is after we figure out which engine it is, is if you're going to have a garage do it, is they need to wash everything down, add some sort of a dye to it, especially at this mileage, and run the car. Where does the dye show? It's a fluorescent dye with a black light and a set of glasses. Where does the dye show that the leak is the strongest in terms of you know where it's coming out? Before you fix any oil leaks on a car like this, and this is of course after, is it the oil? Is it could it be the oil filter loose? Could it be the drain plug loose? Simple stuff, you know. Before you fix a car of this age and mileage of any kind of an oil leak, major issue like that, do an evaluation of the rest of the car. And I'm not just talking brakes, tires, shocks, front end, things like that. What kind of rust does the floor pan have? What does the exhaust system look like? Does, does the exhaust system have the crunchies on the flanges where it's going to fall apart shortly? All that stuff has to be taken into consideration because you could have a $50 repair. You could have a $2,000 repair to fix this oil leak, and you want to find that out now before you spend the money. 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Andy and the Car Doctor coming back to wrap it up right after this. Let's go real quick. We're on the end of the car doctor here. Let's go over to David in Iowa. David, I got a minute. What's going on? Okay, this will make it real quick. I told a friend of mine, his wife's uh, car is doing the same thing that uh, my car was, a tip, 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 you know? Right. Yep. And they said, oh, you, don't, you don't put transmission fluid in a car. You know, they were kind of really leery of it. Anyway, uh, I can't explain why and how, but uh, I'm told them to give you a call and then because you're an expert. You know, that's uh, X is unknown and a spurt is a small grip under pressure. Yeah, well, so I told you, <laughs> that you, you were an expert on it. And uh, to give you a call, and thank you very much for your help. I well, really appreciate you, it. You, you're welcome, David. You can tell them if you're still there that, you know, the reason transfluid does that is because it's a very high detergent fluid, and it'll scrub away any varnish and contaminant. Not a lot. Maybe a, maybe up to a pint in an engine crankcase, up to at least four, four and a half quarts of oil with it. Don't push the engine hard. Try not to drive it. Just let it sit there and idle, and then change it right yeah. afterwards, and uh, that'll make all the they difference in the world. They don't want yeah, they don't want to do it until uh, they know for sure. So yeah. I mean, they can, they can also go down to their local auto parts store and buy Marvel Mystery Oil or any one of the engine oil uh, cleaning solutions. That they're, they're pretty much the same thing. It's just a fancy packet for ATF, maybe with some additives in it that may or may not be necessary. But uh, ATF, the principle's been around forever and always. David, thank you for your question. And, uh, you know, hang in there, brother. Have yourself a good uh, Iowa Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays and all that kind of stuff. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Um, quick two hours. Uh, this hour, last hour, it depends on how long you've been hanging around. By the way, I should point out there's streaming for the Car Doctor Radio Show found at cardoctorshow.com as well as podcasts and all sorts of stuff like that. Don't forget the Facebook page, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor reminding you good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.